Welcome to the Davy Tree Expert Companies podcast, Talking Trees. I'm your host, Doug Oster. Each week, our expert arborists share advice on seasonal tree care, how to make your trees thrive, arborists' favorite trees, and much, much more. Tune in every Thursday to learn more, because here at the Talking Trees podcast, we know trees are the answer. Well, if you are a longtime listener of the Talking Trees podcast, you will recognize our next guest. That is Dr. Dan Herms. He is the Vice President of Research and Development at the Davy Institute and has done remarkable research concerning climate change and trees. Well, welcome back, Dan. Thank you. Good to be back. So let's just start off with this extensive research you've done related to climate change. As I remember, for me, it, it, you 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 brought up the memory of that summer of 1988, I think it was. For gardeners and plant lovers alike, that was a tough summer. 1988 was, a, was an epic summer, extremely hot, extremely dry. Uh, I was conducting research for my PhD in Michigan that summer, and, um, and we had a number of days in central Michigan over 100 degrees Fahrenheit, many days over 90 degrees, very little rain. And uh, so I just saw a lot of tree stress and tree mortality. In fact, Doug, um, 25% of the white birch trees in the Great Lakes region died in the years following 1988, the several years following 1988, due to a massive bronze birch borer outbreak. And bronze birch borer is a native wood borer that colonizes drought stressed trees. Um, their defenses are weakened. So just massive die off of birch, um, other, uh, you know, tree stress events, very apparent following that very hot summer of 1988. You know, I remember that too. I remember the, the borer explosion, you know, from that and how many birch trees we lost in landscapes around our area. So right now, tell me a little bit about the research that you're doing or have completed? Well, I've been conducting research on how climate change will impact trees and tree health, uh, the kind of trees that should be planted for the future climate, projections on how much the climate will warm in coming years, and how we can anticipate, respond to that, and how trees can contribute to um, climate change resilience and mitigating the impacts of climate change, especially in urban environments. Well, I'm interested in like a change of species of, of what we should be planting and what you really shouldn't be planting, depending on where you are. That's what we're seeing here, right? Is where there's certain species that we don't think are going to do too well as the climate changes, and that's going to change what we're going to be planting, right? Yeah, that's correct. And if you're familiar with the USDA climate um, hardiness zones, the winter hardiness zones, over the next 30 to 50 years, we can anticipate, no matter where you are in the country, that your hardiness zone is going to increase by one or two levels. So, for example, in Kent, Ohio, where my office is, climate change or the hardiness zone is projected to change from uh, zone six, where it is currently, to zone seven or uh, eight 
by mid to late century. And, you know, just uh, when I was a college student, it was zone five. So we've already seen an increase from zone five to six. Won't be long before it's going from zone six to seven and zone eight. Um, and to provide some perspective on that, zone eight would be equivalent to the current climate of northern Alabama, southern Tennessee um, kind of climate. So that's, that's what we're looking at. And of course, the trees then that grow in those environments are um, to a large degree different than the trees that we have here now. So you've talked about it before, and I've, I've heard this uh, said, a sugar maple is a good example. It loves that, you know, that zone five, zone six, right? Sugar maple, zone five, zone six, zone four. It's, uh, you know, it's a tree that's like an iconic tree in New England and the Northeast U.S. and in uh, northern Michigan. Uh, it, uh, you know, the fall color, the, the maple syrup, and it's projected that the Ohio climate by mid to late century will not be very hospitable to sugar maple, for example. When we're thinking about planting something, what would be a choice like, okay, I, I don't want to plant a sugar maple because I don't want it to struggle in, you know, in the future. What would I put in there? Would I pick another maple that would be more for this up climate or do I look for a different species altogether, you think? Yeah, well, there are maples that will do well in, say, the northeast Ohio climate in the future. For example, red maple. Or you can look at other species, you know, to think about it in a more general sense. I think about looking at trees that do well here now, but are also doing well farther south in warmer climates. And so we have to plant a tree that's going to tolerate today's environment, but the climate is changing rapidly enough that the tree we plant today will be experiencing a different climate within the you know the course of its of its lifetime you know we hope that we plant a tree today it'll still be here in 100 years from now and that's going to be really different uh, the climate so um yeah think about trees that do well now and that kind of that can be the uh, challenging because this weekend the forecast as we head to christmas eve and christmas we're predicted in northeast ohio to get below zero so we have to plant a tree that will tolerate that kind of, you know, winter weather. We're seeing, you know, the big cold blast coming down from the Arctic. Tolerate that now, but then tolerate the heat of the future. So some people might be excited by that. They might say, well, gosh, now I'll be able to plant a crepe myrtle and I won't have to worry about it dying back eventually. But this is a scary thing, uh, climate change. And, and all the changes that we're seeing, trees certainly, but insects too. <laughs> you know, it's, it's changing everything. It certainly is, yep. So we have insects spreading north, um, trees, haywire weather. So, you know, that Gulf Stream this weekend, it's sweeping way up north into Alaska, taking really warm air up there, bringing that cold air down here. So, you know, we're experiencing a lot more variation and, you know, even though it's getting below zero, that doesn't mean that climate is not warming. What are some things we can do as homeowners to to help, to help mitigate this? 
Well, planting trees is a great way to help mitigate climate change at the very local level where we live. So you plant a tree, it helps reduce, um, well, it provides shade, which cools our environment, our house, our yards, our city, can reduce the urban heat island effect. So cities are warming even more than the rest of the environment because of all the asphalt, the buildings that absorb and re-radiate that heat. Trees can really mitigate that impact in many parts of the country, including the eastern, um, including Ohio and eastern U.S., we're seeing more heavy precipitation events. Stormwater runoff is challenging our uh, sewage systems, and trees can really reduce uh, stormwater runoff in the urban environment. So, a um, lot of a lot of beneficial impacts of trees, and of course, not to mention sequestering and storing carbon, have a direct impact on the cause of climate change. Talk a little bit about fighting climate change through education, because there are some people that ju they just don't believe that climate change is is real. But from a science point of view, from your research, things we know things are changing. Talk a little bit about how we can spread the word a little bit in a gentle way to help help our climate in general. Well, I was just reading an article in the paper today about a survey of people's uh, impressions and thoughts about climate change. And what kind of a positive take home is that most people in the United States appreciate and understand that the climate is changing and that it's getting warm. So that's a, you know, that's a big start. There is a lot of, you know, kind of disagreement about the cause of that. But if we focus on the fact that the climate is warming and the evidence is overwhelming, um, especially, you know, those of us with white beards that have been around for a while, we remember how different the climate was when we were children than it is now. And so glaciers are disappearing. You know, that's a documented fact in Glacier National Park. Spring is coming earlier. Fall is staying later. Uh, sea level is rising. I was in Charleston, South Carolina this weekend on vacation. I saw some flooded streets on a nice sunny day at high tide. You know, obviously those streets weren't being flooded when they were built. Uh, sea levels rising. So, you know, the evidence of climate change is, is apparent. And, you know, whether or not we agree on the cause, and the evidence is overwhelming that the cause is due to greenhouse gas emissions, but whether we agree on that or not, trees are really beneficial to mitigating the effect of that warming climate. So I guess we just have to be careful about which trees we choose to plant. Again, you know, when we oftentimes the example is the sugar maple, but there's lots of other species too. Uh, besides planting trees, what else would you suggest we do to help? Well, um, kind of sticking with the topic of trees, uh, taking care and preserving the trees we have is really important. And so, yeah, planting young trees is really important, but most of those benefits, those young trees are, you know, years out. The trees provide their most benefits as they mature and become large. And so preserving those mature trees that we already have is really important. And so that requires focusing on 
tree health and tree health care program, monitoring those trees, taking good care of those trees. Um, and this is where a certified arborist can be a really useful, kind of like your family doctor, call your certified arborist to come inspect your trees, identify problems before they become severe, nip those problems in the bud, provide a preventative health care program, maintain those mature trees and the benefits that they're providing. And then I think too, when I think about just smart growth, including trees in new construction, new areas, instead of just flattening an area to the ground and, and throwing asphalt down there, uh, I think that's important too. Oh, absolutely. And so, you know, and, and I'm gratified to see that this is happening more and more urban planners thinking about requiring that trees be replanted, um, incorporating green space into the environment to help keep the environment cooler. Uh, having trees and green space has been shown by a number of research projects and papers now to have um, really important benefits for health and wellness, uh, reducing crime, um, and so forth, making people healthier. So, you know, that's another benefit of trees that's really starting to become appreciated. Do you think there's any way we can actually re reverse this or at least slow it? Well, we can certainly slow climate change, and that's going to require reducing greenhouse gas emissions. And, you know, the overall average temperature of the earth is, is a direct function of the accumulation of greenhouse gas emissions. So if we can reduce greenhouse gas emissions, we would have to get that to net zero before we would stop warming uh, because carbon dioxide in the atmosphere is permanent, really, uh, at least on the scale of hundreds to a thousand of years. And so we, we need to re to reduce to, to the degree that we reduce greenhouse gas emissions, carbon dioxide and methane primarily, we can slow warming. To stop warming, we would have to get to net zero. To start cooling the climate, we would have to remove carbon dioxide from the atmosphere through carbon storage and sequestration. Large scale tree planting programs can play a role there. Uh, but that alone is not going to be adequate. Are you encouraged when you see some of that data that that at least people are aware of it? You know, as we said, we, you know, a lot of people argue about the reason, but so many people are aware of it. It seems just from looking at, at our culture in general, we're moving towards, you know, electric vehicles, that sort of thing. Is there some encouragement from just seeing people are aware and wanting wanting to to make this change absolutely i'm encouraged um, by you know changes in the awareness of people over the last 10 years regarding climate change and i think you know you see things like these in stronger hurricanes the wildfires out west the way that the reservoirs in the western united states are drying up the if impacts of climate change are becoming very personal, tangible to many people. And I'm also encouraged by market forces that are at work uh, driving 
the increase in electric vehicles, for instance, uh, increase in renewable energy use, um, and then also policy decisions. So the Inflation Reduction Act just passed and the incentives that are driving increase in uh, renewable energy and um, electric cars and so forth. I, I've seen a lot of positive change. So that's the encouraging side, but there is also a scary side to this, a, a very scary side to this. You know, when you do make something like this political as opposed to like a scientific decision, uh, it's just basically terrifying for somebody like me who, who who wants to pass on a world that's better to the next generation you know, so many of us are doing, you know, and have been for a long time doing everything we can uh, to uh, help the environment, whether it's composting, planting trees, you know, planting things, you know. Uh, what do you what do you say to people when they do have that feeling like I do that kind of I'm, I'm, I'm scared about this? Well, I think you're you're justified in, in being scared as much as the progress that we've made carbon dioxide emissions are still continuing to increase year over year. And they really need to start decreasing rapidly if we're going to, you know, limit warming to things that can be manageable. So I think, you know, the momentum is starting to shift in that direction, but the impacts of that momentum are not yet showing up in terms of reduced carbon dioxide emissions in the atmosphere. So the trend is not changing yet. Uh, I'm optimistic that it will, but, and, and I'm optimistic about changes in attitudes, but we still have a lot of work that has to be done. Well, Dan, I'm going to leave it right there because I like those two words, the, the two times you used optimistic, because I do want to be optimistic about this, but also realistic we need to be realistic yeah so as always thank you so much for all this great information and as longtime listeners know we will be talking to you again dr herms for sure well thank you doug it's always a pleasure speaking with you i always learn something new when talking with dr dan herms that's for sure and i i hope you did too Tune in every Thursday to the Talking Trees podcast from the Davy Tree Expert Company. I'm your host, Doug Oster, and do me a favor, subscribe to the podcast so that you'll never miss an episode. Hey, you have an idea for a show or some feedback? Send us an email at podcasts at davy.com. That's P-O-D-C-A-S-T-S at D-A-V-E-Y.com. And as always, we like to remind you on the Talking Trees podcast, trees are the answer.